You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 171, covering The Search, Parts 1 and 2. Hello, friends. We're back. We are back. Time for Season 3 of The Deep Space Nine. The third seasonist season ever. Well, the third seasonist season since the third season of Next Gen, that's the original true. series. Or the last season of the original series. Right. And that's about it. I was going to say the animated series, but no, they, they only had two. Yeah. Uh, w- once again, if you've come to hear us be critical about Deep Space Nine, we're, we're going we're gonna to try, but... Uh, we're going to fail, because oh, damn, boy. son. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, and I mentioned this last time, uh, someone on Emerald City had mentioned that uh, we, we've softened a bit when we got to this show, that we're not quite as mean to this one as we are to the others, and... Uh, well, look, we hard. don't want to be. Well, here's the thing: we don't want to be biased or anything, but Deep Space Nine is just perfect. Uh, well, I wouldn't say perfect, but it's it, it, it just just perfect. We're gonna have hard time coming up with bad things. I mean, look, here's the thing: by perfect, I mean, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, well, of course, obviously, I mean, literally no flaws at all, not I a mean, one. No, back in the day, even like even the commercials were fascinating. Yep. Like, ooh, a commercial break. Oh, good. What are they going to advertise to me? This is so, fantastic. Yeah, so just keep that in mind when we say that the show is perfect. Uh, what we really mean is that it's absolutely perfect. Yes, completely flawless in every possible way. Yes. In every measurable way. So why don't you tell us about The Search Part 1? The Search. The Search. Part 1. I will do that. So it's been three months since... Um, since my iPad made it so that Crashed I couldn't read the summary. Exploded and... Yes. Uh, bear with me. Uh, last week, our, our uh, sound quality was uh, not as good as usual. It's because my computer died in the middle of recording, and I had to use the backup recording, which is not great. No. So, uh, welcome, new listeners, to the show that is always professional and polished. Right. So, The Search, Part 1. It's been three months since the Cisco family, well, what's left of them anyway, took a couple of Ferengi on an ill-fated camping trip to an uncharted planet clear across the galaxy. And as a direct result of this, Commander Benjamin, how do we not have a good nickname for this guy yet, Cisco, <laughs> has spent his entire summer vacation on Earth, debriefing and soothing the jangled nerves of admirals with Dominion phobia. And as a new day dawns on DS9, the good commander returns home in a tough little warship that Starfleet's been wanting to build since the whole Borg thing. I mean, not a warship. It's an escort ship, which is apparently not just secret code for Hooker anymore. <laughs> it's also secret code for Gene is dead and we're building a fucking warship. The ship in question is called the Defiant, and it's meant to show the Dominion that Starfleet isn't just an assortment of fire trucks, despite what they may have heard on certain popular Alpha Quadrant podcasts. <laughs> it's also, as a bonus, meant to shut all those people up who complain that the show is boring because it doesn't have a ship. <coughs> Me and Matt at the time. <coughs> So, after losing a galaxy-class starship to one tiny Jem'Hadar fighter, Starfleet has decided to send this untested ship deep into the Gamma Quadrant to find out why those guys were so mad about all those incursions into the Gamma Quadrant. Cisco, Cisco somehow contrives a reason to bring pretty much the entire cast along, apart from Jake. Sirok Lofton does, however, appear in this episode, and after a heartwarming chat about how they both think of the station as home now, Cisco abandons his son to strike out into deep, unexplored space. Oh, did I mention the Defiant now has a cloaking device? The Romulans loaned it to Starfleet under the condition that they bring a Romulan cloak nanny along to make sure nobody gets their sticky fingers on the thing. And it's put almost immediately to the test as some Jem'Hadar ships zip by and almost immediately spot them. Well, it was a good idea on paper anyway. Eventually, using Quark's exhaustive networks of Tulaberry wine customers, our guys are able to determine the approximate location of someone who might maybe know where to find someone who could possibly maybe have an inkling of the identity and or location of the mysterious founders of the Dominion. Maybe. Dax and O'Brien beam to a communications relay and are almost immediately trapped there as more Jem'Hadar ships advance on the Defiant. Odo, who has suddenly turned stupid after looking at a map, (laughs) grabs Kira, who has fallen unconscious in the battle, and steals a shuttle, hightailing it into a mysterious planet in a mysterious nebula. They land and some creepy no-faced guys like him emerge from an ocean and welcome him home. And before we even know if Sisko and the rest are okay, much, uh, much less what this business is all about, it's to be continued time, son of a... Bitch. Yeah, this was a big one. I, I talked about this last time about how uh, 
I kept looking down to see, you know, this can't be over yet. I, I want there to be more. And and yeah, definitely the, the same happened again. Like fucking season three starts off just kicking over everything. Yep. And yeah, I mean, he shows up in a ship. So it's like, okay, now, like I said in my summary, now you, you can shut up about that. They yep. got a ship, okay? Like they can go places. Yeah, it's because at this point, DS9 was the only Star Trek you could get on TV. Yep. Like Voyager wouldn't show up for another, like 11 uh, episodes they said on Memory Alpha. Yeah, something like that. It wasn't a big gap. No. But there was a bit of a gap. But if you're jonesing for Star Trek, you really only had one place to go, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was. I mean, again, you and I both still weren't watching at this point. Well, no, but we were young and stupid. Yes. You were much younger. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we get we get a ton of cool stuff in here. We get a couple of new characters. Mm-hmm. Um I mentioned the uh, the Romulan who monitors their use of the cloaking device. I didn't mention there's also a uh, head of Starfleet security, which they, they added once before, and he just sort of disappeared. Yeah, mysteriously. Uh, apparently. Odo and, investigated, but, you know, nothing ever turned up. Yeah, it's weird. And, you, you know, know he's, it, it, he's usually such a good detective. I know, and if he couldn't catch him, clearly the guy was a genius. Yeah. Uh, this guy is named uh, Lieutenant Commander Eddington. Yep. And uh, I know from having seen the series before that he will be uh, a semi-regular for a while. Yeah, so. he will return and in greater numbers. Yes. So uh, apparently they hired him because uh, Cole Meany keeps going away and they need another Starfleet guy to tell stories about. So. <laughs> well, you know, the guy's got movies to make. I mean, he's a, he's a popular guy. He's a, he's a big star in Ireland. I've got to leave again. I have to go make another movie where I'm a mobster. Is he a mobster a lot? I think he's a mobster a lot. I don't know. I've, I've only seen him in the commitments where he was the dad of an Irish kid who joined a soul band. And in the future, I'll be on Hell on Wheels. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything except that one movie I just mentioned and Star Trek. So. I think he was in In Bruges. Oh, wait. He was he was in Con Air. Oh, well. I know that. Well, who doesn't want to put Con Air on their resume? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't mind cashing the checks from Con Air. That's true. Oh, and the chance to work with uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> Acting giant Nick oh, Cage. What a visionary he is. Thank Christ that guy never made it into Star Trek. Guys, remember the great put down the bunny scene? God knows I do. I was there that day. Not oh. the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> yeah, I'm Ghost Rider. <laughs> Look at me, I'm peeing fire. <laughs> I'm the fire peer. Yeah, we were not not very good Nick Cage impressions. Someday I'm going to be Superman. Thankfully, uh, we don't need to do Nick Cage impressions to talk about this episode. No. <laughs> Admiral Cage. Admiral, oh, God. You need to stay out of the Gamma Quadrant. <laughs> now you sound like, stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I'm just going to jump right into my good thing. Yes. Um, so, with Next Gen uh, ending, uh, our favorite writer, uh, Ronald D. Moore... Um, has has now moved over to a I don't know what they, what they call him associate producer executive producer some kind of damn producer I think he's, he's the on, executive producer he's on the writing staff yeah and he wrote this first part and you can so completely tell mm-hmm. it's got that cool like sort of Star Trek legacy like uh, you know uh, disembarking from the station oh. like you know secure docking clamps like like everyone's excited because we're about to go on a mission and then it's got that cool sort of original series era like uh paranoia like uh creepy um tension yeah that whole scene with the uh where the gym had are patrolling for them and they're just okay turn the lights off yeah everyone be real quiet nobody breathe and maybe they won't be able to spot us okay i think we're okay it's that great uh uh submarine movie stuff that uh yeah exactly like uh um tholian web did so well and and into next gen episodes like the Pegasus, yes, which which I believe he either wrote or had a hand in, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's clear that he's here. I mean, you can tell we know from from having watched the rest of the series, also having seen Battlestar Galactica, like it's it's clear the kind of stuff he likes to write, and this is definitely it. He loves the the military stuff, yep, and it plays really well here, and it's good to have him on board. It's good to to have him like as part of this great lineup of writers, yep contributing to the whole to the whole thing which was cool i was very very happy very it's, happy to see his name it, and very it, happy it's good to have him back we haven't had a ron moore episode in two years well yeah because for us you know with the way we did it mm-hmm. yeah next gen ended for us like over a year ago yeah so yeah it's, wow we've been doing ds9 for a year now oh my god have we really no that, that doesn't be feel right, right. It, was, no. it was only like last september it was only about six months ago yeah all right still it's been a while 
and uh, yeah, it's nice. Welcome back, Ron Moore. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we get we get a bit of everything in this. Yeah. We get you know we get some space battles. We get some really nice we get character some development. Kick ass space battles. Yeah, and we get that's... some kick ass character development. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, of course, there's the scene between um, between uh, Cisco and Quark where he's trying to convince Quark to come along because they need his contacts to help find uh, the founders. Yep, and of course, Quark does not want to go. Yes, and then uh, Cisco suddenly produces the, uh, the, the scepter the... of the Grand Nagus. Like, oh shit! Quark. Yep. Quark, I told you you need to go to the camera It's pretty good. Yeah, I just imagine myself with like tufts of hair coming out of my ears, and the rest just sort of follows. It's weird. I imagine that too when I'm talking to you. Ugh. <laughs> I can talk like you all the time, you know. Ugh. Yeah, you, you don't want that. Why did I wish on that monkey's paw? I feel like we're at our table at Emerald City all over again. Hey, so you guys do a podcast, huh? (laughs) What's that all about? Oh, no. (laughs) Is that Mumbly Bane or someone else? Who knows? It's a mystery to everyone. Yes, to everyone. Um, But yeah, so uh, so there's there's that bit... uh, Cisco like uh, uh, convinces him to come along, and uh, then, then the scene ends with him. Come on, you're not done yet. Go on, kiss it. I'm sorry, kiss Quark. It. Uh, isn't uh, don't you don't you supposed to kiss the scepter when you're done? Don't you supposed to? Don't you supposed to? <laughs> I'm a good talking guy. <laughs> Everybody looks a little better. Like uh, you, you had mentioned, I didn't notice this. Odo's got a better uniform. The now. uniforms. Uh, everyone got, or not everyone. Uh, Odo got an updated uniform. Yeah. Um, Apparently, uh, Rene Abajoie was really into his uh, Mirror Universe uniform. Mm. Nice. And so he got the collar. I think they. Uh, I think they slathered his hair some more. Hmm. And he's got a big ass belt now. Well, I know they do that with Odo like every year, where they update the makeup just a little, make him slightly more human. Like mm-hmm. he's getting a little better at it, but yeah. he's still not great. And um, Dax's spots are a little more. I don't know what they did. Do they make them darker or just more pronounced? But they look better. Yep. Uh, um, apparently they tightened Kira's uniform, which, you know, thanks. Her makeup is better. Just like everybody looks a little better. Like yeah. Cisco's hair is a little shorter. Well, then they got all the money. Yeah. So, uh, so that was nice. There's it was, a, it was just nice. Th- there's a big pot that has Star Trek money written on it at Paramount. Yep. And for a while, they just got all of it. Yeah, because, you know, half of it would go to Next Gen and now, now it's ours. And then Voyager would take, yeah. uh, take some. Apparently one of Ron Moore's first jobs was to come up with a uh, name for the ship. He said, "Okay, the Valiant. That's a cool name. Nope, can't do that. Starts with a V. We got a we got a V show coming up. God damn it! We can't have two V ships. That would confuse people. Yep. Well, fine. Defiant. Which uh, actually also named after uh, a ship from the Tholian web. Yep. Which is fucking cool. Yeah, that was that was very cool. That's a callback, son. That that is. You're not my real dad. The Val or the Defiant B. Wait, A. They, Hang on. No, they don't call it. They, they don't, a regular they don't give one. It a suffix. Well, there used to be one, so it should have one. It should at least have one. Yeah. I mean, if there's been five Enterprises since then, there should be, you know. Yeah. This yeah. should be the Defiant A, the movie era Defiant. Right. Which I guess is technically true. Uh, in a way. We're entering the movie era of TNG, so it's the movie era. That's right. All of this, this makes sense, I swear to God. <laughs> the ship actually does show up in um, in First Contact briefly, so we do actually get to see it on yep. film, which is nice. So <laughs> With cool. Worf driving and no one else there. Well, yeah, and that's that's uh, pretty much the only spoiler we got left at this point. Like uh, uh, when we get into part two, like all the stuff we've been sort of biting our tongues about has yeah. been revealed now. Uh, Worf is coming. I'm pretty sure we've already spoiled that anyway. Yeah. So uh, Worf it, it, coming. It's not hard Just to figure out. No, if you read TV Guide in the '90s, it was like <laughs> somebody somebody like who published TV Guide was a huge Star Trek fan. Like every week, they had stuff on the cover from like uh, DS9 and Voyager. It was pretty cool. Well, TV Guide was always putting out those great uh, like Star Trek Guide things too. You yeah, know? it's the 31st anniversary of Star Trek. Why don't you buy this episode? Here are the guide. best. Uh, here are the best Star Trek episodes. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's not the list we would make, but you know, we'll, well get there this, eventually. This is wrong. I actually yeah. was reading uh, the search got. Uh, the best voted best DS9 episode by some magazine. I, I think it was so. Empire magazine. That yeah. was it. It was Empire. Yeah, which it definitely represents. Like this is the first uh, episode of DS9 that feels like sort of what we remember the show being. Yeah, like this is the first one where everything's fallen into place. Now everything's where it needs to be, and and you know it's all it's all there, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. 
Um, so what was your good thing? Fucking Defiant. Yep. So cool seeing our guys get a fucking ship. With Cisco in the fucking command chair. You know how, how big a deal that is for him? Like, two years without him being a captain. And I mean, I personally don't give a shit. But yeah, the like, thing is, the show's been fine, and it could continue to be fine without a ship. Like, the runabouts have been fine getting them yeah. where they need to go. But yeah, this is a nice there's that and, and there's that legacy, you know, him, like, finally getting to be a captain. Yeah, and we actually have that conversation. He has that conversation with Dax where mm -hmm. he's like, I was back at Starfleet Command and I always thought about how I wanted to be an admiral and now, you know, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, now now we feel like he's in the same sort of tradition as Kirk and Picard. Like, yeah. he just wants to be a captain forever. He's got to be out there doing stuff. Yep. Don't let him put you behind a desk. Yep. Don't let him promote you. Which is nice. But, um, <clears throat> and then the design for the ship itself is really great. It's It's unique. Um, it's the first ship that's not, like, an Enterprise. Yep. You know? Also well, and, and, you know, we've seen, like, a Galaxy-class ship get blown up by, uh, by the Jem'Hadar, so obviously, like, sort of by comparison, this ship is much stronger than what we've seen yeah. before. Yeah, so now we're gonna have a kick-ass ship with a cloaking device and fucking photon torpedo assault cannons, yep. which, holy Christ! Yep. No, it was it was right. I was actually surprised how little we saw the ship, because like, mm. we, we, you know I I'm used to seeing it in in future episodes, and w they didn't linger on it. Like I, I expected, sort of motion picture level, like long yeah. shots of da, it. Da, da, they, da, just, da. they fucking got on with it. Da, 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 da. Look at the nacelles. Yep, it doesn't even have nacelles. No, it's got. Uh... Well, it's got stuff poking off the sides, but they're definitely not nacelles. You can tell where the warp engines are, but yeah, yeah. they don't uh, they don't stick out like uh, like they do on the other ships. It's just it's a cool idea, and yeah, they they do sort of uh, circumvent the whole like uh, there's no warships in Starfleet. Well, you know what? The Borg almost like destroyed Earth. They need something. Yeah, it makes sense in this world that they were developing something. Mm -hmm. Oh no, we're explorers. We don't want weapons what no and they even have this whole conversation yeah no families yeah no no exploring this is uh no sick bay uh, there's a sick bay it's not a very good sick bay yeah i think that's just julian being a snob <laughs> did you see the sick bay down there it's not very good at all takes up half the ship doctor yes it doesn't take, take up all, i want all the ship <laughs> and i want a little bit dangling off the back <laughs> I want you to build a deck. Here's, a th here's what I want you to do. And a patio. I want you to take a sick and put it on top of a bay. <laughs> right away, sir. Is that Cisco calling him sir? Yeah, apparently. All right. But yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic little ship, and we get to see what it can do. Mm -hmm. Of course, the cloaking device, as I mentioned in my summary, is almost immediately like, <laughs> it, like they see through it after two encounters. Yep. But. Uh, Fucking, it's still a cool idea. Fucking cloaking device, see the cloaking device imp. So, you want a cloaking device, do you? <laughs> well, yes, I do. Well, it doesn't work very good. Oh, son of a bitch. I do like the idea that we have a uh, Romulan officer, like, you're, you're not allowed... Like, that's a nice concession to the fact yeah. that you're not supposed to have a cloaking device. Mm -hmm. the well, the Romulans loaned it to us. I, I love... I mean, I wasn't super fond of the actual character. I thought the actor wasn't that great. And she was fine. But um I like the idea a lot of having like having a Romulan on the crew. I think it was a kind of a missed opportunity to not have her stick around. Yeah, I think the character sticks around for a little while, but then they sort of come up with uh, the Romulans said it's fine. Yeah, you know what they they trust us. That's something the Romulans are yeah. big on, right? Uh -huh. Trust. They're always trusting people. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly it's not just... hanging around the borders of the uh, neutral zone. No, not at all. That I'm never happened. for someone to step a toe over the line. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Nice. It's our neutral zone. Actually, uh, and, and apparently they said they couldn't really think of a lot of stuff to do with the characters, so they just sort of wrote her out, which is too bad, because I could think of one or Oh, God, yeah! Like, but, yeah, you know. I don't know, I trust them. It's a big ensemble, and we get a lot of good characters, yeah. and, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's a small thing, but it does bug me. Yeah. Such a cool concept. It is. Got a Romulan I'm... hanging around. Well, and it's like I said, like the Romulans were always presented as this big threat and you just never really got nope. the full impact of that. And that's too bad. But, you know, for now, it's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And it's a cool idea like she's, you know, look, I'm not here to make friends. OK, I mean, we, of course, we immediately both go, is this a fucking reality yep. show? I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to win. There's nothing to win. It's not a TV show. <laughs> I'm going to win that. I'm going to win that cloaking device back. Is that how this works? 
And then Eddington, well, I am here to make friends. Hey, buddy. Oh, God. I'm going to shake gonna my go hand well. with you and you. Kira's just glaring at him. Ew. You took Odo's job. <laughs> of course, Odo quits in the first, like, three seconds oh, of course. that they announce this guy, which is like, uh, well, I guess I saw that coming. You don't have to tell me what's happening, Commander. I know how this works. Do you? Wait, wait a minute. You'd think I would know how this would work. <laughs> Fucking Odo's gonna quit on me. I told them. Again. Oh, God damn it. Well, there's, a, there's a nice thread through this, like how Starfleet has been wanting to fire him for like two years and Cisco's been arguing for him. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? He's not a team player. Starfleet is the military and you do have to follow orders. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. I mean, you know, we've seen how Odo handles their authority. I'm supposed to make log entries. There. Are you happy? Done. Back to work. Yep. And, you know, I mean, he's a loose cannon who plays by his own rules but gets results. <laughs> but uh, I'll have your badge for this, Mr. Odo. You can have my badge. I quit. Hard to see what's happening from behind that desk. <laughs> I really dropped the ball, didn't I? <laughs> that joke again, huh? But uh, really, the whole through line between these two episodes, like, there's a lot going on. But oh, it's, yeah. it's mostly Odo's story, and we'll get to that more in part two. Mm -hmm. But, but there's a definite bit of, like, you know, like, uh, Odo's being drawn. Well, this is kind of your bad thing. Yeah. So we get, look, I'm aware that what's happening is that we basically find out Odo's been genetically programmed to be drawn back to his homeworld, I guess. Yeah, we don't, he... we don't know that from part one, but yeah, we'll, we'll find that out yeah. in part two. But, um, I mean, I, I just, I, I did my bad thing before I watched the next episode, so it's mm -hmm. basically based on what I know from that episode. Sure. But so I'm aware, like, I'm aware that he's basically been programmed to do this. Yeah. But, like, the fact that he just abandons the, the Defiant and the crew and just takes Kira, look, the fact that Odo's fleeing the ship is bad enough. It's actually really bad. Yeah. But that he's taking Kira is weird and kind of verging on creepy, like... We know you're into her, dude, but kidnapping her and taking her away from the... Like, she actually says at one point, you took me away from the station? Yep. Like, we should have gone back to the station for reinforcements. No, I gotta go to my home world. Like, yeah, it was... Oh, he doesn't even know it's his home world no, yet. But yeah, he, I gotta he go knows, here. I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And he's, he's like, Cisco wants his help before all the shit goes down. And he's like, uh, you'll have to find someone else. Like, he's so fixated. He's just yeah. literally just standing there staring at a map. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're better than this. Well, but that's the thing, you know, like genetics can, can fuck you up. Like, that's true. You know, I, I, Rene, I really wish I knew how to say his name. Abajonois. Muttering something French sounding like we do. Yeah. I, I think it's Abajonois, but I, I don't actually know. Anyway, he does a fantastic job of playing all these sort of weird, like, like this sad desperation. Mm -hmm. He gets this look in his eyes when he's pleading to Kira, we have to go to this place now. Yeah. It's just like, wow, that's, that's some like soulful... Like, like, I believe that he's completely drawn to yeah. this. It's it's so cool. I mean, it's so bad he actually snaps at his best friend, Quark. <laughs> oh, he really does, too. Yeah. Screams at him. I don't have time for your bullshit, Quark. I gotta get in my bucket, and I don't want you looking at me when I'm in my bucket. All right. Yep. Fucking calm down, dude. We get, we get more of that. More of everyone yelling at Quark for, you know, doing his job. Poor Quark. I mean, you know, starting starting with that kiss my scepter scene. and Yeah. Uh, going, you know, going through the episode. Which apparently Armin uh, Shimmerman had problems with. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Armis had a problem with. I did have a problem with it. I'll kiss anything you want. Hey, buddy. But yeah, apparently he thought that was too undignified for Quark, who constantly goes, ah! The character with life. no dignity? Yeah. Constantly, like, throwing his wrists together in that pleading motion. Yep. But, uh... I think he views Quark the same way we did. We, we wish he had dignity. Yeah. We wish people maybe treated him a little better. But they don't and they won't. Yeah. Um. So my bad thing. Because he's the comic relief. There's so much comic relief, though. <laughs> like, there's so many different comic reliefs. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have to be the only one at all. I mean, when it's him, then there's Rom. Yep. Brother. And when there's Rom, there's also Nog. Yep. Like, there's, you know, there's always there's always a comic relief. He's not the only one. And they're all for uh, so, so my bad thing. Yes. Uh, at the very end of the episode, uh, they 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 get to this uh, mysterious nebula that uh, Odo's been drawn to, and they get there and they say, uh, "There's a there's a class M planet, but it's not in a star system." And they land and they get out and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so if it's not in a star system, how is it not so freezing that Kira drops dead? Yeah, it should be pitch black and... Uh... I mean, it is very dark. Yeah. And we do see a star in the distance, but it's much smaller than a sun would be. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, I wasn't really clear on... It shouldn't work, basically. Well, I mean, I like the idea that, that well, we, we're, we're going to reveal this in part two, mm -hmm. but uh, that these characters who have a vested interest in not being found, the, the founders... Yes. Um, are on a planet that's not even in a proper star system. It's just sort of this rogue, wandering planet, which is cool. Yeah. But then, you know, and again, it's, it's a nitpicky thing. It's hard to find a bad thing because particularly part one is just this fucking perfect episode. Mm -hmm. it, like, Kira gets out and there shouldn't, you know, if there's no sun, she should be freezing. Yeah. That's all. Apparently that uh, the new uniform's quite warm. I guess. What about her face? What about her poor, like, you know, wrinkled nose? Mm -hmm. Aw. Yeah. She's getting, she's getting frost in her wrinkles. <laughs> you know, you can't get that out of those things. You I need, know. like, a special tool for that. Yeah, it's called the Q-tip. And you're not supposed to just jam the Q-tip in there either. It's bad for you. I thought I thought Q-tips were where omnipotent beings give you suggestions Oof. on how to torment people. <laughs> this has been Q-tips with me, Q. Now remember, when you're playing Super Mario World, if you go to World 2-1, there's a warp zone <laughs> hidden under the box. This has been a Q-tip. For me, John DeLance. <laughs> um, we get uh, Julian actually knowing how to do something. That like, was uh, fucking cool. When the when the Defiant is attacked and uh, the the original helmsman or whoever mm -hmm. like drops dead because naturally you got to have a some you know faceless guy like dropping dead yeah. during a fight. That's just how it goes. Uh, he takes over and not only does he know how to navigate, he knows how to shoot the phaser cannons pretty yep. great or uh, photon cannons pretty great. He's a good uh, he's a good spaceship guy. Which is a surprise. Yep. Like he's 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 not been a great officer so far. Apparently, he's just really good at killing people. Who knew? <laughs> And he chose to be a doctor. Yep. That's not great. <sighs> nice uh, nice work there, Julian. Thank you. Uh, I try else? really hard to be a good killer. Killer? Killer. A good Kira. Well, well, that's weird. I'm a good Kira. <clears throat> so, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. We got Dax's new weird-ass hairstyle that's not going to last too long. Yeah, I I was not really clear what was happening there. It was uh, it was a bit of a just a mound of hair. Yep, they piled it up, piled yep. it to the heavens, stack it to the heavens. Mm -hmm. Um, it did give us a good look at her new spots though. Yep, which were nice. For example, I a... didn't know they go on the ears. Yep, she had a couple of good scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, basically telling you know being Cisco's conscience, yep. which is usually what she does best. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was good. Like I said, everything just sort of fallen into place now. It completely feels like the show that I remember it being. Yeah. Like, character-wise, situation-wise, it's just, it, you know. I like that Cisco and Quark are, you know, yeah, we got that scene where he's he's kind of undignified, but they're still more friends now. Mm -hmm. Like, when they get to the Gamma Quark. Yeah, no, we'll lets, see. We'll see more of that in the next episode. Yeah, but he just kind of lets Quark do his thing. Yeah. Like, you you know, you're, uh, you're the negotiator here. You go ahead and negotiate. All right, apparently you're not completely disgusting. Yeah. Which is nice. He's starting to see the value of him, and, uh, you know, it's good. That uh, that your racist uh, thing really hit home from last episode. Yeah, it did. And then, of course, he's, he's basically directly racist to uh, Odo. Yes. You know, but uh, what are you going to do? Well, we're all That's learning, what... you know? Yes. Every day and every way, we're trying to be better people <laughs> who are less racist towards Odo. But, you know, pretty soon we're going to have a reason why. Yeah. Very soon. Uh, what else? Anything? Uh, did we talk about the Jake and Cisco oh, scene? Oh no, there was a, there was a really a, good a... Uh, scene between those two. Yeah, where uh, they talk about how now they think of this place as home. Yeah, which is fantastic. And uh, Cisco unpacks a whole trunk of uh, of family heirloom stuff that's like an African mask yep. and various other African things. Mm -hmm. So that's something. It's my two hundred. Wait, no, it's my two thousand year old mask that I always had. Right. Well, you know, he kept it in storage. He didn't think he was staying here very long, no. so he kept it in storage. I get that. But it's cool that they both sort of think of it as home. Yeah. Now. Like, it's a it's a nice, like, cornerstone for the characters. And and Cisco repeatedly, through this episode and the next one, all he talks about is, what about Bajor? Yeah, like, protecting are we going to protect Bajor? It's all about protecting Bajor. And you, you've never really seen him be so passionate about that yeah. before, and it's, it's cool. But, I mean, it's, it makes sense. He's been working closely with these people for two years now. Yeah, and he has the perspective of having gone back to Earth for a couple of months and sort of thinking, wait, no, that's my home. This that's, isn't, I want to 
But I want to be doing that. This isn't what I do anymore. Yeah. Look at all this weird-ass Earth crap. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, that's pretty much all I have. Like I said, most of my points are from the next episode. Yeah. So, uh, well, anything for you? Let's yeah, let's just hit the next episode, and then if we think of anything else from this one, we can come back to it. All right. Well, uh, my quote yeah. is, it was hard, like, as great an episode as this was, it actually didn't have a ton of great, like, sort of quotable dialogue mm. in it. But, uh, but there's this nice thing where... Uh, Quark's contact, this sort of intermediary, explains how the Dominion works. Who's your contact in the Dominion regarding administration, trade, defense? Our only contact with the Dominion has been through the Vorta. I have no idea who they report to. All I know is that the Vorta say to do something, and you do it. Why? Because if you do not, they will send in the Gem Hadar, and then you die. And I quite enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, that this guy with his weird-ass giant head. Yeah, he looked like um, he looked like Vincent Schiavelli should be playing him. Yeah, uh, that that guy who plays like tall, weird-looking aliens mm. a lot. Well, and you talked about how his makeup looked like uh, like if uh, Fred Flintstone had a bowling ball dropped on his head. <laughs> yeah, he had that weird sort of like almost phallic-looking bump from directly yep. center of his forehead, just rising up. A weird. <laughs> yep, and then he just grew hair over. It. Yes. All right. Well, why was, don't we push forward into uh, what's that? Thought he was a millionaire. Yes, he called himself Frederick. <laughs> and then uh, when he left the ship, he did the little twinkle to <laughs> Yep. All right, why don't you tell us what happens in part duh. All right, so after all that stuff that Al was talking about, we cut back to Sisko and Bashir, camped out in an escape shuttle after the destruction of the Defiant. Luckily, O'Brien and Dax arrived to bring them back to DS9 and spread the good news about everything's awesome now. The founders have met with us. Yay! Yay. And they're all about peace. Yay! Yay. And Admiral Nechev is here. Fuck! Mm. Anyway, so Cisco finally meets with one of the founders, and it turns out that they're one of Eris's race from uh, the Gemadar episode. Oh, it's a little anticlimactic, but uh, fine. Let's talk peace between the founders and every other major race in the Alpha and Beta quadrants. Uh, except for the Romulans. The founder doesn't like Romulans. Romulans are cool with that, right? Uh, uh, they, they don't seem very cool with it. Meanwhile, back in the Gamma Quadrant, Odo's is extending his shape-shifting repertoire from cup and rat to glass and mouse, and all shapes <laughs> in between. He's also learning that changelings are, uh, kind of xenophobic and paranoid, which is a little worrying, and also they're not allowing Sisko to, or, uh, Kira to contact the Alpha Quadrant, which is less worrying, and, you know, unless you're Kira. Back on the station, uh, Jem'Hadar beats up O'Brien, and Nechev informs Sisko that <laughs> I mean, uh, that the Federation is abandoning DS9 and allowing the Dominion to take possession of Bajor. So, in about six minutes, Sisko and the rest of the bridge crew form a ragtag band of rebels to strike at back at the Federation and her new allies. They steal a runabout, blow up the wormhole, and, uh, all that would be kind of a huge fuck-off deal if it actually happened, uh... At this point, we cut back to Kiranoto on the Changeling homeworld, where they have successfully picked a lock and found Sisko and company in stasis. So it turns out that the Founders are actually the Changelings, and that they've been monitoring our guys to see how a war with the Federation might go. Odo demands their freedom, and the Changelings agree, and for now, and then send the non-exploded Defiant home safely. So, the Dominion. Uh, probably not something we need to worry about, right? No, because, you know, this is just one episode, and now that it's over, everything goes back to normal, and we never have to worry about it. Well, and, you know, the the uh, head changeling was all like, nah, nah, we, uh, we probably won't come and visit you guys, and... That's not what she said. ...instill our order upon everyone. I love that we get this explanation for why Odo has this, like, fascist tendency. Yeah, yeah. Because he comes from a race of people who want to rule things with absolute order. Yep. That's just, like, in his genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I always love that changeling philosophy of like, no, solid people are, uh, they don't get it. They run around and break shit and knock stuff over. Well, it's it's sort of a twist on that whole we've evolved beyond blah, 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 mm. only in an evil way. Yeah, fuck like, you, We've evolved beyond man. physical form and all you solid people. Like, And this is really my good thing. The whole concept of the founders, the, all of it, mm. the, the way they think, the way they are, the, the liquid life forms that live in an ocean of themselves. Yep. Like, it's just so cool and alien and not like anything we've seen in Star Trek before. And, like, whenever I went on and on on Next Gen, and I did it a lot, about how I wish the aliens were more alien, mm. how I wish we could see stuff that was just weird and, like, cultures that thought really differently. Like, this is what I meant. Yeah. Because... You can you can completely see where they're coming from. They're paranoid because they used to be hunted back in the day. 
And so now they've imposed order on everything. Like it's so, it's just, it, it's, it's alien. It, yeah. it feels weird and unique, but still sort of understandable. It's, it's fantastic. Like that first shot of the, uh, of the great link of the, uh, the ocean of, of yeah, no, it does. It does look a little like early '90s CG. Like it's obvious it's not real liquid. It's like sort of computer generated, but still, that doesn't bother me. I still think it looks cool. No, it doesn't bother me either. But I'm saying it. You know, like they could do it a lot better now. But I love and just them rising out of it, and you yep. just sort of realize, oh shit, that's all changelings. Yeah, there's like a million of them in there, just all sort of like liquid and like mixing Piled with each on other, on top of each other. Yep, sharing their thoughts. Ugh. And Odo does this cool thing with the one female changeling who who never gets a name, by the way. Her name is just female changeling. Yep. That's another thing. They don't have names. We're going to need to find a nickname for her post-haste. Yeah, probably. I don't know. They call her female changeling. That's good enough for me. I wasn't willing to write out Beverly every yeah, week. That's, There's that's no good. way I'm going to be able to type out female changeling for the next... And I don't, uh, I don't usually call attention to the fact that, that you're not maybe the best speller. <laughs> but the fact that you kept typing changeling... Oh, look like at that! Like they're tiny little Professor Changs from. Uh, <laughs> well, she from ha community. they have a they have an acute ch case of Changnesia. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just I had to go change it. Like I had to, or or go Chang it as it were. <laughs> I was wondering why that why that didn't appear to be in uh, in the uh, spell check. <laughs> it's like isn't cha changelings not a changelings a word people use? Right, it's not just made up by Star Trek. I wonder why it keeps identifying it as wrong. Because you kept saying Changling. Nah. Also, you still don't know how to spell O'Brien, but that, that's okay. Mm -hmm. This this isn't this isn't shame you for spelling. There's a out. lot. Look, there's a lot of different ways to spell to spell Brian. Okay. <laughs> no, there's ju there's just the three. There's with an I. There's with a Y. There's there's with a, an A and with an E. So four. four. Four ways. Four ways. That's a lot. Not really. It's more ways than there are to spell Changeling. No, you could spell changeling a lot of like, like there could be like a, a movement to spell changeling with a Y, like women with a Y. Ah, yes. Because they're taking changeling. it back. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why they call themselves changelings. Because mm -hmm. Odo said, I thought that was like a, a dirty word. I thought that was like a, an insult. Yep. Well, it is, but we, we wear it with pride. We took it back. Changelings for life. Yep. This is, but like I was saying before, all the stuff we've had to censor ourselves, like uh, we, we kept having to stop say ourselves saying Kai win. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Now we don't have to worry about the Dominion and the Founders and the Change. Like, all yeah. that stuff is established now. Yeah, they're Changelings. Yeah. There's there's very little now that we have to worry about, like, spoiling because the rest of it just sort of happens naturally. So, so that's good. I also like how they didn't screw us around on Oda's Origins for, like, seven seasons. Yeah. That Some shows would do that. Well, I, I was reading, apparently, Rene Abajois was actually really upset at first that they were um, that they were going to reveal Oda's origin. Because it's like, yeah, well, he thought now what do we have thought, to talk about with him? He thought Man of Mystery was it. That was his yeah. defining characteristic. He didn't realize that these writers were so good yeah. that now your character can evolve and become about something different. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, now I come from a race of people who want to destroy you. That's probably not great. Yeah, guess what? You're still the outsider, even after you found your, your people. Yeah, now your people don't want you either. Yeah. Or you don't want them, yeah. whatever. So that's rough. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. It's But it's so cool. <sighs> and it's so cool that we get to reveal that you know, this is the Dominion. This is this scary thing. And, uh, oh, by the way, Odo, you're one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, well, shit. Yeah, that's probably not good, right? And Guys? apparently they, they sent out a whole, like, a hundred of them, like, who knows how long ago, mm. just to sort of, like, explore and come back and report home. That's what the whole genetic uh, being drawn to home thing was. Yeah. And um, I guess since the wormhole existed, he came back way sooner than expected. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Well, we talked about this briefly. Like, they don't tell Odo how long he's been gone. Nope. But they weren't expecting him for another 300 years. Yeah, and they treat which, that like it's nothing. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, 300 years, you know. Well, how long was I gone? A long time. Ooh. Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, he only, his memories only sort of start when he was discovered on Bajor yeah. and, you know, like, found in a lab or whatever. Like, he could have just been drifting in space before that. Yep. Which, you know, if you think about, like, there's 99 more of them out there doing that. That's, that's pretty fucking cool. Well, the worst part was when he crashed into into uh, V'ger. Yeah. And formed into Overger. Overger? Overger. <laughs> you carbon units. <laughs> I'm just, the problem, like, I'm trying to think of jokes, and the best one I can think of is visual, which is like a weird mashup of uh, of Ilea and Odo. Yep. Well, and then it that crashed really into the, well. uh, the Star Trek IV probe. Right. 
I gotta find some whales now. And then that would turned out to have been built by the Borg. Mm. And then it got eaten by the Doomsday Machine. Which then crashed into, um, uh, fuck, what was that thing's name? The Space Amoeba? No, 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 no. Well, that too. It crashed into that, but then also, uh, the, fuck, the one from the episode called The Changeling, oddly Oh, enough. God, um... The little, the little robot probe that was floating around and looking for Jackson Roykirk. An exocomp? <laughs> no, not an exocomp. Exocomp! Man. And then had sex with a crystalline entity. Yep. How much did the exocomp people pay you? You're still saying it. I know! They're, like a lot. They're putting the kids I'm never going to have through college. <laughs> so there's a lot going on in this episode, and for a long time we think it's real. Yeah. We think that uh, oh god, the, the the Federation's making peace with the you know with the founders and the Romulans aren't included, and oh god. Mm. And it, it turns out it's all a, a test, and uh, that was my bad thing. Was yeah. like again, yeah, really. Although and, we have seen like the. Uh, didn't they have the Dominion do this before? I don't think so. Oh. We haven't really, like, the our only contact with the Dominion before the Jem'Hadar episode was through Quark. No, that's right. Hmm. We haven't really had that. But it's, it's. I mean, it shows that they have this advanced technology. It shows that they're so concerned about the Federation that they want to run this simulation. Like, I get it. Yeah. And there's more of a reason for this than usual, but it still feels like that Star Trek cliche of, oh, it was all a test. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't like any story that gets you invested in the events and then pulls the rug out and says, but this never happened. Well, yeah, I, I, the fact that they blow up the, the, the wormhole and they kill yeah. Derek and then they're just like, no, nah, none of that happened. Like, I yeah. hate that. Yeah. Because if you don't see this ending coming and I knew because I've seen this yeah. before, but if you didn't know, it was like, fuck, they killed Garrick. Fuck. They blew up the, oh my God. Yeah. And, oh, no, it never happened. If, if you do episodes like this, then I can't trust you when you do the, when, then you, when you do it for real, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. And the thing is, without giving away specific uh, information, this show will do stuff like that. Yeah. There will be some big developments, like uh, uh, in the status quo with uh, killing characters and so forth. Like, they're not afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, for now, it, it still felt like one of those Star Trek sort of cop-outs. No. It's just like, yeah, uh, nah, we didn't actually do any of that. It's back, everything's back to normal. Yeah, that's too bad. And the thing is, it did that. But on the other hand, you still have this looming threat. Mm -hmm. Those guys haven't gone anywhere, and they said, your, your quadrant needs order. I'm like, oh, shit, they are coming, aren't they? Yep. And I wonder, I, I, like, I don't specifically remember how the story unfolds as far as, is Starfleet actually going to stay out of the Gamma Quadrant now? Oh, I don't remember. Because they feel like they have a right to be there, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of bullshit. Like, no, it doesn't belong to you. No. Someone's already claimed that. That's their yard. Stay out of but their yard. But we're the Federation. We're welcome wherever we go. No. That's not even a little bit true, guys. No, that's not true in the Alpha Quadrant. That's not true, like, you know, two systems away from Earth, yeah. much less, like, all the way over there. Well, once again, humans being assholes. Yeah, a little, little bit. It's almost like they think Earth is the center of everything. Well, Janeway does think that. <laughs> but that's a, that's a real life. Ah, topical. Yep. For those of you who don't know, just uh, Google uh, Geocentrist and uh, Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> And, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Just shameful. They tricked Just her. shameful. They tricked her, yes. Tricked her into narrating an entire documentary. <laughs> they took all my words out of context. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, what was your good thing? So, this episode plays with the audi with audience perception perfectly. Like, the first thing we do is, after we meet the changelings, is establish that they aren't the, uh, the Dominion. Because mm -hmm. what we do while we're meeting the changelings, we're also meeting, uh, we're also having yeah, the Cisco Vorta. meeting the Vorta. Right. We can call them that now, right? Yes. All right. We're also having uh, Cisco meeting the Vorta, whose first thing is like, "Yep, we're the Dominion, dominating everything." So we've drawn, we basically drawn audience attention away from. Uh, well, that's the thing. The the whole test thing is a little dumb, but on the other hand, they do a good job with the sort of sleight of hand. This is definitely the best I've seen them do the uh, do a crazy test. Yeah, like a, a fake-out reality. Yeah, so we get everyone back to the station. We blow up the new ship because, you know, why would we need a new ship? That was only there for one episode. Yep. Like, it's all perfectly built so that when... So they, they really pull the rug out from under you at the, end, at the end of the episode. Like, and while they're doing that, it's like they're also setting up that something's sort of off on Deep Space Nine. Yep. Like... It just it starts really subtle and it just builds throughout the episode. Well, and when you when you know to look for it, mm -hmm. you notice the characters are not quite acting right. Like Garrick comes up and basically says, "Hi, Doctor, I'm a spy." Which 
And now when you look back, you realize, oh, this is Bashir's image yeah. of Garrick, not the actual Garrick. Of course, he would be Bashir's best friend and say things openly like, I miss you and I'm a spy. I'm, I'm so happy to see you, doctor. I'm a spy. I'm always And we're spying. best friends. Let's go have lunch. Yep. Which was, the, is that your Garrick, really? Uh, Garrick's heart. He's sort of a fancy British man. Hello. No, he's much more slimy than that. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to do this sort doctor. of Doctor. Yes, there you go. You've got to chew the scenery. It's delicious. And the thing is, while it's not Garrick for real, and while he acts a little out of character, he still gets some fantastic stuff. Oh, of do. course he does. I love his, uh, when they go to break Cisco out of jail. Yep. Um, Garrick, uh, Dax, and uh, Bashir go to visit him. And uh, Edling stands up and is like, yeah, you can't go in there. And then Garrick just goes, oh, you, you appear to have a loose thread right here next to my hypo spray. Yep. And then there's a bit where uh, they're running for the airlocks and uh, Jem'Hadar are running after them. Like, good, they fell into my trap. <laughs> See, uh, first you think I'm their friend and then I shoot you. And then he shoots. <laughs> Garrick, master of improv. Yep. <laughs> yes, and... <laughs> No, I mean, while I don't like the plot device of, hey, everything changed, guess what? No, it didn't. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, as you say, this is the best time, you know, the be the best occurrence of that. And they do some fun stuff with it. Mm. And, you know, I just, I wish if they were developing the plot that it would actually stay that way. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, you eh. really can't blow up the wormhole quite yet. No. But I, I just, I don't like it was all a test. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing I haven't liked back to the original series. where Yeah, it just, it, it's just, yeah. it's a cop-out. It's always been a cop-out. Yep. They just copped it out less badly this time. Yeah, no, and like I say, they did some fun stuff with it. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, really good directing. Jonathan Frakes actually directed this yep. one. And uh, looking at Memory Alpha, he had some really good stuff to say. Like, it, it's nice to see them sort of building this family of guys, like, we're going to see, I believe, LeVar Burton uh, directing in the future. Mm -hmm. Maybe other next-gen guys, I don't remember. But those two for sure. I think sure. Patrick Stewart takes a shot at it at some point. I don't know that he, I don't know that he directed outside of next-gen. Like, I think he kind of stepped away from Star Trek except the movies. Mm. But uh, maybe not. I just I know they kept these guys employed. They kept them directing, and it was cool. And and later, you'll get, like, uh, what's his name? For, uh, the guy who played Tuvok from Voyager. Oh, uh, Tim, uh, Russ. Tim Russ. Yeah, I know he directs quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's just, it's nice that they built this sort of, like, house thing where even if your show is over, you can yeah. still, like, have a job, you can still hang out, you can, you know, we it's, still, it's cool. Yeah, we like still that. got work for you, buddy. Yeah, which is which is nice. Here, have a paycheck. Yep. And you can tell, like, Frakes, they gave him two movies to direct, yep. and you can, t like, he's good, he's worth that. Well, I mean, that's what he's, he does He's now. a good director. Uh, does he still do that? I think he's still he's still a director. I don't know. I, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure he still works on TV. Wow. Because, I mean, he did, you know, like, say what you will about either First Contact or uh, Insurrection, both of which were fine, we thought. Yeah. Um, He, um, you know, he, he was good enough to carry two big-budget movies. Yep. Like, I'm surprised they don't give him more movies. Mm -hmm. But whatever. It's, it was just nice to, to see his name pop up, knowing that Next Gen was over and he was still working. Yeah. And, you know, he's a good director. Yes, he is. Um. It didn't feel like the uh, the Changeling planet was just planet hell again. Like they did some cool stuff with lighting and with like they had these really cool stuff. purple trees. Yep, which is such a small thing, mm -hmm. but it, it made a big difference. Yeah, they were like they're purple trees that didn't look like shit. Yep. No, it was cool, and they had this weird sort of garden, and just like I don't know, were all these things Changelings? Could be. I don't yep. know. It's a great scene. Kira trying to find Odo walking around the garden. Odo, like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Picking up things to talk to. Is this you? Odo, are you a tree? Yeah. Well, and this this sort of leads into your quote, that whole weird, like, you have to practice shape-shifting because, yeah. you know. Let's uh, let's, let's yeah. go ahead and hear that now. Are you all right? I have spent the last two hours shape-shifting rocks, flowers, trees. I have been everything in that garden. And? And nothing. Oh, I can become a rock, all right, but I have no more of an idea what it is to be a rock than I did before. I'm not really sure what that means. I like that. I, I like the whole... I, I can become a rock, but I can't feel what it is to be a rock. I don't know what that means. Yeah, what? But again, that, that goes back to my good thing, which is this is such a weird alien-like thing. Like, if you were... 
a life form that could turn into anything. Yeah. yeah, you would want to sort of experience what it's like to be that thing. Yeah, if you can become everything, why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, and so it gives them this weird sort of omnipotence that nobody else has. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is very cool. Like, they, they know what it's like to be everything. Yeah. I've been that puddle. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And he turns into this weird vulture thing. Yep. It's, it's cool. I like I it. I got to be a vulture. All right. I ate a crow. It may have been another changeling. I've, I may have gained his power. I, I don't know. I, I can't Is this how this works? I don't know. I have so much to learn. <laughs> boy, you know, it's really embarrassing when you accidentally eat one of your people. Man, yeah. boy, is my face red. Well, it is now, anyway. <laughs> and Kira's like, yeah, we had to do that in the Resistance, too. <laughs> not not quite as, you know, wacky. So, um, high five? Not... I, could do a, I could do a high six if you want. I can high five you. I can high five myself. <laughs> Clappity clap clap clap. <laughs> uh, what was your bad thing? Um. Oh yeah. So Kira, I find Kira oddly calm about being unable to leave the changing homeworld. I mean, she talks about trying to secretly contact Cisco, but as far as she knows, he's dead along with everyone else. Like, she doesn't know that anyone else escaped, and like the founders don't have any interest in letting her like leave. I just, she seems very calm about everything know, like, she does on the on the planet. I think, I think oddly enough, and I can't believe I'm saying this about Kira, she doesn't want to overreact. And plus, she's happy for Odo. Mm -hmm. Plus, I don't think she feels particularly threatened. Like I don't know, it didn't it didn't feel out of character to me or anything. It's just it's very like, well, you of course you can't communicate with the outside world or leave or anything. Oh, all right, well, I'm going to anyway. Yep. Well, that's that's her natural reaction. But in the yeah, mean, well, I, in the meantime, how are you doing, Odo? You having fun? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I don't know like how the writers were approaching this as far as are they gonna be a couple? Are they like are they into each other? Like, and I don't even like I kind of remember, but I don't specifically remember where it actually goes. Mm. So I'm not really spoiling anything there because I, I don't remember. But um, I I don't know. Like, it's clear that he's into her. Yes. But does she care that much about him? I don't know. Are I mean, they just I, good friends. I think they're very good friends. I think that's yeah. I mean. They established that in part one, where she's, like, trying to include him in the mission and hey, stuff. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, go away. Wah. I'm the penguin now. Why, Ricky? Why? <laughs> or possibly a Dalek. Yep. But, uh, I don't know. Like, I think she's happy for him. Mm -hmm. Because she knows this is the most important thing to him, finding his people, figuring out what he's all about. You know. And again, like, serious props to them for not dragging this out. No. So many shows would have like mysteries like that and just not It'd be real get to easy you. to just never get to this. Yeah, and and they did, mm -hmm. and now we know what his deal is, and now it's a whole different. That deal. It, and that opens up like all these new things. Yep. All these new deals. Yep. Which is slang for your deal. What manner of deal is this? <laughs> uh. So what else? Um. Okay. So let's see. Oh, uh, I love quarks. I have a dream speech. <laughs> well, it's imaginary, Quark. You know what? I'll take it anyway. No, it is It is pretty fantastic. He's got, you know, but basically, you know, everyone comes together in peace and harmony and buys stuff from me. <laughs> which is great. The idea of humans, Ferengi, Jem'Hadar, all gathered together, hands joined, around my around dollar, my dollar table. Yep. <laughs> which is pretty great. Uh, we get a lot of angry Cisco in this, which is my, my favorite Cisco. Yep. Do not piss that guy off. No. When when he figures out that the, um, like, the whole uh, Romulan thing and the whole, like, Nechev is uh, negotiating a weird sort of side piece and yep. just, like, he gets so angry and I just, ooh. Well, the idea that they're keeping the Romulans out of this uh, this treaty is clearly a bad idea. Now, okay, that's part of the test, so I guess I get it on that level. Mm -hmm. But within the simulation, how would that seem, like, rational to those guys i mean i guess it didn't see to me i think it, it felt to me like all of it was they wanted to see what everyone would do yeah like so you know they've got what's her face the romulan in there so let's turn her against everyone else and see what happens then let's see like yeah, i guess that makes let's sense. see how these people treat their loyalties to each other and and stuff yeah they they just met her yeah. so would they take her side or uh, yeah that's that's not a bad point and the way this the scenario plays out is that uh bejor ends up siding with the romulan yeah and it's like 
well, this never actually happens, but that would have been a cool way to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I could like, absolutely see that happening. This planet that we've been trying to nurture and turn over to our side all this time, and they end up siding with another sort of evil mm. power to protect themselves. Like, well, we couldn't do it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they got in bed with the wrong Well, guys. and having, having the, fe the Federation basically decide to just throw Bajor away. Yep. Like, they literally just like, well, you and of course the Dominion can have Bajor. Well, the Dominion can have the station. Mm-hmm. And what they said is, well, we don't anticipate Bajor's going to have a problem with that. Like, they didn't even ask them. Yeah. It's like, they really? Just... You don't anticipate Bajor's going to have a problem with that, huh? Have you met yeah, Bajor? Yeah. You know, it's their wormhole, really. Yeah. Right? You're you're really lucky Kira's not here, because good lord. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. They basically give the Dominion the uh, the wormhole. It's not their wormhole to give. No, it's not. It's not Federation space. No. It's a good point. I didn't even think about yeah. that. But again, I'm, I'm willing to, to sort of forgive a lot of the, the leaps in logic because, you know, well, it's meant yeah. to be a test. I'm not so, pointing yeah. flaws. Like, the, the the flaws are part of why I like it. Like, it's all this stuff that's that's off that sort of tips the hand that there's something not right happening here. Yeah, and, and there's a point where we both noted that uh, they, they sort of suddenly go rogue. Yeah. Like, all at once, everyone just kind of, like, forms a ragtag band. Yeah. And it's like, if this was really happening, it would have been really jarring but i think that's supposed to be the point where you're supposed to realize what's going yeah. on yeah well clearly they've got to bust out cisco right i mean they're not gonna not bust him out right exactly i mean if odo was here they might be able to discuss it but no it's this new guy right and we're allowed they to knock to. him out because fuck him yeah except you know he's gonna become a guy now like he's part of the crew yeah but not but right now it's screw you buddy yeah, the new guy. Don't trust the new no. guy. That's that's the lesson. If you walk away, you know, learning anything from this, it's don't trust the new yep. guy. Yep. And if he gets mad, well, sorry, buddy. Just hazing. We all went through yep. it. Yep. I mean, Garrick, uh, you know, uh, tranquilized all of us at one point yeah. or another. Hey, guess what? Uh, guess what, Starfleet guy? Uh, we like Garrick better than you. Yep. Sorry. Oh. oh. But I'm here to make friends. I'm here to make friends. <laughs> I'm on your side. Look, I got a uniform and everything. Nope. Sorry. In fact, I got more pips than most of you. The untrustworthy guy's our best friend. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Oh, thank you, Commander. And that's too bad because there was there was some nice bonding between Cisco and Garrick that I guess didn't actually happen yeah. now. I was kind of hoping, like, Cisco's getting closer with some of the more fringe characters. Yeah. I like, uh, uh, he just sort of shows up at, uh, Cisco's eating lunch or something. Yeah, he shows up at the Replimat and like, so, how's it going? I just wanted to say that I'm sorry to hear that you're going, Commander. Yeah, I always liked you. It's so hard and to I... keep him from being British. <laughs> you just sort of... It's its sort of a Hannibal lector sort of Kevin Spacey-y kind of flat and evil kind of thing. Make sure you don't get too close, Commander. Right. No, no, no. The the too close uh, Hannibal... Oh, is that small like this? Hello, I'm Hannibal Lecter. I am, uh, how you say, the Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> right. That's a, that's a whole other thing. Entirely. Always eating the people. And uh, he's he's clearly a shapeshifter because he can't quite master human form. No, clearly. Well, he's got that frog, like frog thing going on. Right, exactly. Oh, what's uh, this? A letter from Tidro. That's weird. <laughs> Instantly. Like, <laughs> I, I never should have uh, never should have installed that uh, pneumatic tube system for receiving instant mail. I'll just open this up. Shut up. Huh. All right. Oh, okay. Very well. Letter from Tidro, uh, everybody. Always <laughs> nice to hear from a woman. <laughs> So, uh, anything else? I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, this was, this was fucking fantastic. Episodes. And really, really good way to kick off the season, and I'm just excited to see what happens mm. next. And and like I say, now we don't have to worry about spoiling most of the stuff that yeah. we know. That's a, it's a, this is a hell of a way to start off uh, season three. Very exciting. Yep. Exactly. You got any further uh I think that's things? everything I wanted to hit on. All right. Well, uh, next week uh, we, we go a bit more lighthearted, and I believe Flonk will be joining us. Yep. So look forward to that. Um, mentioned this before, but our new episode guide covering the entirety of Next Gen, all seven seasons and all four movies, is available now. Uh, it's available in print form. It's available in ebook form. Uh, just go to postatomichorror.com, follow the link to store, and it is there. Mm -hmm. And there's a special deal if you want to buy. Like if you didn't get uh, Volume One that covers the original series, you can get them both like uh, for a discount. So, uh, and. Uh, as always, our uh, website, postatomichorror.com, email address, uh, postatomichorror at gmail. Uh, those of you who are joining us new from uh, Emerald City or from our recent uh, name drop on Kotaku. Oh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, th thank you. I don't have his name in front of me here, but uh, I did thank him on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Thank you, uh, author of that article about the Star Trek game. 
Uh, but yeah, for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, this is this is what we do. So enjoy it. We we fawn over Deep Space Nine. We try to make jokes, but uh, mostly we fawn over Deep Space Nine. It, it it's hard, man. It's hard because we had fucking Chekhov and and Wesley to make fun of, and now we don't have those things. Everyone's great. Even the kids are fucking great. Yeah, even Jake. Like every time Jake has a scene, we we take five minutes to say, "Wasn't that a great scene yep. with Jake?" It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Nog's Nog's kind of a dork, but yeah, what are you gonna yeah. do? But uh, yeah, so welcome and. Uh, Hope you enjoy, and uh, as ever, we end every episode with Matt saying his famous catchphrase, See ya, folks. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.